Hey everybody, welcome to episode 27 of Sidekickback Radio with uh, the return of Urban Theater Movement, who you might remember from episode 15, uh, their previous play, M's Pamphlet, which is the, the first homegrown play that they ever put on. And uh, now they have the next one, which is Replica, written and directed by Paul Tully, who you might remember from the previous episode as uh, the president and co-founder of the group. And uh, yeah, we, so I wanted to intro this episode just because we forgot to mention the dates of the play, which I feel are quite important. Uh, it opens July 31st and runs through August 23rd, and you can see it at the Elephant Theater, which is at the corner of Lillian Way and Santa Monica Boulevard. So yeah, here's my chat with Urban Theater Movement, uh, the group that seems to love to push the boundaries of my podcast. <laughs> um, I sit down with the, some of the members of the cast of Replica, and then others join uh, right in the middle. And uh, we have a great time, and then uh, stay tuned. Uh, at the end, there's a little scene, a little preview from Replica, which uh, looks to be a very exciting and edgy play. They always put on great works that leave you super satisfied with an amazing theater experience. So please be sure to check out and support this amazing theater group. And uh, yeah, here's how the project came together. All right, guys. So, um, hi. Hello. Hi. Uh, welcome to episode 27 of Sidekickback Radio. Yes. Going strong. Yes. 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 And it's uh, July 14th, 2015. And uh, you, you guys are the first, or I guess UTM is the first guest, so to speak, to reappear on the podcast. <laughs> oh, cool. yes. so, nice. You guys are trailblazing. Right. Trailblazing. It's All the right. first return of. Um, and so I believe it was episode 15, uh, was, uh, M's pamphlet. Yeah. Uh, Playing Three Meals was the last episode. Uh, so thanks for coming back on. And, thanks for having uh, us. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, so we'll go around like we did last time and just, uh, if you could say your name and the role you're playing in, um, in Replica is, uh, the name of the play we're here about today. So, uh, we'll start right here. I am Daniel Growlow and I am, uh, playing the role of, uh, Paul. I'm Georgianne Lorraine. I'm playing Sandy. Gisela Stringer. I'm playing Tanya. Uh, I'm Spencer Weitzel. I'm playing Mickey. My name is Cassie Yeager, and I'm playing Anna. Uh, I'm Darren Rensman, and I'm playing the understudy Mickey. Cool. And we do have some members of the cast missing, and that is, I know David Santana is one of them. So we have, uh, yes, we have David Santana, who's playing Felipe, Chris Gavalanes, who's understudying Felipe, we have Aaron Lyons, who's playing Terry. We have Chris Denunzio, who's playing Dino. Uh, Kimberly Flores, playing Amanda. Uh, uh, Lynn Adriana, who's playing Anna. Uh, Megan Lewis, who's playing Sandy. Uh, who else <laughs> am I missing? Uh, Charlie Sanchez, who's understudying the role of Paul. Um, who am I missing? Wow. I gotta say that's really impressive though that you were able to rattle them off so quick. <laughs> you know what? It's an amazing, Maka. it's amazing girl. Oh, Maka. I'm sorry. Um, we're, we're missing. Uh, Amaka Z- Zucci. Yeah, Amaka Zucci, who's understudying <laughs> Tanya, um, and Jessica Amante, who is <laughs> understudying Amanda. I can't believe I remember it all. Though. Here's the thing. It's an amazing group of artists, great cast. What I did was, um, my name's Paul Tully. I'm the writer-director of Replica. And what I did was I cast a play. And, you know, a lot of these actors, um, pretty well, all the actors that I cast are professional working actors. So, um, you know, when paying gigs come along, they're all auditioning regularly. So when paying gigs come along, you know, it's hard to keep them committed to 
doing replica when there's a TV show and, you know, um, that's paying good money. So we had to get understudies. So in looking for the understudies, what happened was all I could find were people that were so superior in the acting that I could have cast either way. Mm -hmm. So, for example, um, Cassie Burke over here is understudying Anna. The Jaeger, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> social media, everybody has different names on social media. So <laughs> <laughs> including myself. There's like, there's like a completely different fucking name on social media. Um, you know, like, um, she was so good, I, I, I could have easily cast her, you know, in the leading role. Same with Georgianne over here, she's murdering the role of Sandy. I could have easily Aww. cast her as the lead. But it, it was such a, you know, really when it came to casting this play, it came down to um, um, chemistry between who we had the base to cast off, which was Spencer Weitzel, who was already cast as the lead as Mickey, and uh, Gisela Stringer and Daniel Galau, who's Tanya and Paul. They were already pre-cast because this play started off as a one-act play and then went into a short film, and now it's a full-length play. So I had to match the chemistry across the boards with these actors. Yeah. So a lot of what came into effect was age, you know, age-appropriateness, yeah. uh, things, size, <laughs> you know, sounds stupid, but it's true. You know, you got to have a cast that... that um, fits each other. Fits each other, fits. absolutely, yeah. that complements each other. So, so I got two amazing casts I have you know, what we call, in quote, the leading cast, I guess. And then we have the understudy cast. I like to say side A and side B mm -hmm. because they're all amazing. It's two completely different shows because side B is a much younger cast. So you see this story through young, through the youth, and it makes it that much more heartbreaking. So I'm excited about that as well as seeing it, you know. Awesome. So, uh, what what is the story of Replica? And maybe maybe someone that's not Paul wants to answer it. Um, and I, yeah, Spencer, maybe. Uh, oh, what's not, the story? Not me. Not you. <laughs> not me. Okay. It's a, well, yeah. I mean, it's about. Oh God. It, it <laughs> follows this one kind of fucked up dude named Mickey and all his misadventures in a little Hollywood motel, just having drug deals and people coming in and out of this place and uh yeah it's it's a play like a, a lot of the play has to do with crystal meth and huh. yeah it's it's a bunch of meth heads coming in and out just dealing with i mean one of the greatest shows on television dealt with crystal meth you know exactly. mm -hmm. so it's a, a good subject <laughs> now this side though it's like uh, i mean the greatest show on television the greatest show on television it's not an opinion it's a fact oh uh, that greatest show ever that was that was so much about the science of it and this is kind of about the other end of it you know the bottom of this like trash barrel of the, people. The, the products of it. Yeah. The products of it. Yeah, just, yeah. But it's less you know less about the drugs and more about the characters. Yeah, totally. Um, and so, how has it changed in terms of the storyline? Like, how have you, I guess, Paul, expanded it from the one act to the short film to now a full length play? What was what? What's the you know, kind of character arc, if you will, of the play itself. Sure, yeah, that's a great question. It, it changed uh, dramatically, you know. Uh, when I wrote it as a one act, it started off with just one scene, you know. I was taking a, a writing class um, that a UTM member uh, was, or former member was uh, teaching, and I thought, hey, let me take this uh, writing class, why not? And uh, it started off as one scene, and I, I said, okay, 
he said, write about something you know, right? So started with Mickey sitting in a motel room. And I said, all right, let me see. He's weighing drugs. I started with that. And then uh, it just began this thing, right? So I it, I wrote a one act, and it, it was hilarious. It was, I mean, the feedback I got on it when it was produced was incredible. And, and people who came out were established playwrights and industry people that that really gave me amazing feedback about the play. And they, they thought that it was um, high-powered, high-energy, witty, funny, you know, um, so I, I said, okay, you know, we decided as a team, we did it as a team, actually. Uh, we said, let's make a short film. So I don't fancy that. I did that. That was really me, Spencer, Gisela, and Daniel. And we said, all right, let's make a short film out of it. And uh, so I had to change it. You know, Gisela helped me a lot, change it in the screenplay format. And uh, I just had to add a little bit of more, like I added the Dino character into the film. And that's it. So you had this introduction to where Mickey gets his drugs from. And um, still, the film followed the same script, basically, as the one act. Um, obviously, shooting film is completely different than staging mm-hmm. theater, right? Now, coming into the full length, we had went to New York and uh, did a play, did handball in New York. And uh, I spent the summer out there in New York doing different things. So then it was like, all right, when I got back, we said, you know what, let us write. This, let me write this in the full length. And then me and Gisela hit the, the ground blocks again, and uh, I just started do, doing my thing. And, you know, like, all right, let me introduce these characters. And uh, someone really close to me was like, you should write about, like, this situation that had happened with us um, while she was pregnant. And uh, I said... <laughs> How the fuck could I write that? There's nothing funny about that. (laughs) So I thought, all right, let me try to write this fucking pregnancy, which is this pregnant woman who, who, you know, was doing drugs that I had knew. And uh, I was like, how do I write this into this story? Like, it's a funny, fun story. That one scene, that one element, writing that one character into this play changed the whole dynamic of Replica. And it brought in all these other characters and uh, it changed the story completely. So now it's a story. It went from three three young meth heads <laughs> with a bad idea, having a good time, and to this journey of a bunch of human beings, mm-hmm. you know, on a path of destruction. Mm-hmm. And one human being in general who uh, can't um, digest any more of the pollution that this world has brought to him since birth Mm -hmm. so uh now the story's a whole different thing you know it's a story it's an american tale of redemption you know Mm -hmm. everybody gets a second chance here and and mickey we get to go on a ride to see how he earns his second chance so do do one of the ladies present play that pregnant woman that he's talking about i do you do yes all right cassie how does that feel now knowing that your character has changed the dynamic of the story. <laughs> um, <laughs> in some ways, I, I, I'm, a, I'm definitely surprised that it went from this is an awesome, fun comedy to going, this is the depth, this is the darkness. But when um, when talking to Paul and uh, about it and just finding out that where my character is one of those characters that just kind of tests uh, Mickey's limits nonstop and just really takes him into that darkness that I'm actually 
not terribly surprised, but that's what helped me this huge transition from this is light to like this is really a journey. So that's actually a really cool thing to find out even more so. Mm-hmm. And uh, Spencer, you being the opposite, you're you've been a part of this yeah. from the beginning yeah. and the trans transition. I mean, how's it been for you, kind of watching Mickey go through these different iterations with each lens of the one act, then the short film, and now full length play? It's pretty wild because we, um, I mean, we did the one act in 2013, and then we shot the short film in 2014, and you know, so the character was the same, mm-hmm. basically just just a different style of performing, you know. So it was just we had all three of us in the cast. We all had our our bodies and our movement and, you know, our spirit animals all chosen. <laughs> and then out of nowhere, <laughs> out of nowhere, Paul Hands like, oh, here's 80 more pages. And us, it's completely different, so throw everything out. Sort of, you yeah. know, we still keep it and, like, <laughs> still got the same spirit animal. Yeah, but, but what like, is your spirit animal? It's, um, all right, there's two. <laughs> there's two. There's a, there's a happy and there's an angry, and the angry has a little happy. Um, there's a, it's a gecko. Okay. A gecko, but not our actual gecko. It's like an animated gecko. Like the, like the like, gecko gecko? Yeah, absolutely. Like, imagine him on meth. That's Mickey. And, um, and then also, I want to say a coyote, but it's really like a hungry dog. Uh, um, a dingo, perhaps. Dingo. Dingo. Oh, by the way, I have a I have some new pages for you today. Oh. <laughs> awesome. uh, basically, it's been super exciting, and um, it went from being uh, something we were so confident and, and crazy about to this whole new scary, wonderful adventure that we're all confident and happy about. So, um, Gisela, I guess I kind of want to ask you this question uh, because you were a part of M's pamphlet. And now, so and that was the first kind of homegrown, you know, UTN play. Um, what did you guys learn from that experience? And now you're applying it to replica. I don't think we have enough time. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's the main? What, what's the first thing that comes to mind? For planning. Oh it, God, I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to answer that. <laughs> we learned a lot, I think, coming from M's pamphlet. Like you know. One, because we, we didn't have much time with that show. We, we put it up, as you know, like in three weeks. Mm-hmm. And um, with Replica, we were able to, you know, not take our time so much, but we were able to plan it out mm-hmm. a little bit more. So And it's also been building for Yeah, it's been building for years, a long yeah. time. So we had a, we had a different type of momentum going in with Replica because it it's a piece that was kind of known already because of the, the popularity of the One Act. Um, so we had that to build on, that momentum to build on. Um, you know, everything just from casting to uh, theater space, just yeah. basic production stuff, period. You know, we we learned on. So I don't mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. It, it, it was a different animal for me because in M's pamphlet, I was behind the scenes. And then Replica, I've been doing both. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's, uh, it's been a... It's a whole other set of headaches for you. Yeah, yeah, but it's in a good way. <laughs> totally, way. absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, I noticed this is kind of the first time you guys are in a new space. Um, is that just for financial purposes, or did you want to get out of 
the center center stage. Studio stage. Studio stage. No, center stage, though, um, look out for us maybe 2017. Uh, we'll talk. I mean, maybe maybe I'll give you replica. I don't know yet, but we're we'll negotiating right now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, center theater group. Uh, Mark Taper, who, whoever, I don't know, you know, I'll consider, I'll consider. You're open, open, open. Austin Court, if you're listening, you know, let, we'll talk. Oh, Let's do coffee. Um, so. No, we came to the elephant because, uh, you know what, um, I got to meet uh, David Fofi, who's the artistic director here at the Elephant Theater. I met him about four years ago, maybe five years ago, when I first uh, uh, got UTM going. So when we started UTM, um, about a year after we started, we did a production called The Last Days of Judas Iscariot by Stephen Adler Gerges. And um, Stephen had introduced me to uh, a Labyrinth member, Marlene Forte, who was the artistic director, um, along with Armando, over at Company of Angels downtown. So we got to produce Judas at Company of Angels. And uh, um, during that production, Stephen Adler Gerges had uh, the West Coast premiere of his play, um, Little Flower of East Orange, going on here at the Elephant. And uh, uh, he had invited me out, so I got to come see it. And I met uh, David Fofi that night, and also our former artistic director, uh, Julian Acosta. And uh, also I met uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman that night, so that was a great memory, and that was a privilege. Um, wow. Great moment in my life to be able to meet such an artist that I respect. So this theater, to me, had a lot behind it because uh, – you know, I'll never forget that night. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, it's not every day you meet that many talented people. And uh, I remember sitting in the Lillian Theater saying, like, watching Our Lady, uh, I'm sorry, uh, A Little Flower, and thinking, uh, and like Philip Seymour Hoffman sitting to the right with Stephen Adegirgis, and I'm like, I was with uh, my ex-girl at the time, I'm like, wow, like, damn, I wish I could, like, I'm sitting amongst the best. Mm -hmm. In theater, you know, one day, one day I'm going to make a mark, you know, and I'm going to be able to produce and be do good, good theater, good work that, that inspires and moves people. So then, like, you know, four years later, we've done all kinds of stuff, been on tours and, and been blessed to do great productions and make great contacts. And uh, when my play was getting produced, I, did, I was like, what do I want to produce replica? Like, where if I could pick any theater... Outside of obviously, you know, South Coast rep, and, yeah. <laughs> right? The Mark Taper form. I, if I, if in reality, if I could produce, where would I want to produce? And it was the Elephant. I was like, wow, I would love to produce there because this was a, you know, had great meaning to me. And this theater is going away, so we're the last. I think we're the last production in this space. And then this this theater leaves, and this theater's a, you know, it, it's a landmark here in LA theater. Yeah. probably produced some of the best work that small theater has seen in L.A., so it's a shame that it's going away. So, anyways, I hit up David Fulfi and uh, 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 Matt, and I just kind of reached out, and then one thing led to another, and we were able to be here. So I couldn't be happier to be produced here. For you guys on the on the edges, I find it interesting that naturally you guys just kind of set up like this, like host director. And then, <laughs> um, I mean, do you guys want to add anything 
um, with regards to your experience of coming in on this project that's been building for so long and, you know, gone through its iterations and now you're a part of it. I'm, I'm very thankful to be a part of this. It's really fun to be an understudy. Um, there's integrity about it that I had no idea about. And what's fun is I'm just out of college and I got to learn how to be an understudy and a part be cast at the same time right out of college. I'm very thankful for it. And um, I have a lot of conservative family and they're like, well, why do you, like, why do you want to play a meth head, you know? <laughs> like, why do you, what's wrong with you? How method are you? And, um, and I think it's so important to tell this story because at the end of the day, all these characters really want is love and they're so broken. And this, this whole, um, this whole character, all these characters, um, are relevant today and it's gritty and it's a little bit R-rated and it's so much fun and it's really and I think it's relevant today to today and I'm very thankful to be a part of it. With you going off of the R-rated thing, is yeah. we were I was invited to come and do the read through and we have this uh, young girl she was what eighteen or seventeen to, oh my. to read. Oh man, oh. And she brought her father. With oh. <laughs> Oh, no, no, no. Here, here, here. Wait, wait, wait. Just read the first page. Yeah. And if you're okay with reading the first page and letting her read that out loud, then you can stay. Yeah, me. yeah. I got to elaborate on this story, yes, dude. Yeah, so, so when I got out of the military, I decided to go back to school as an actor. And I was living here in L.A. And I hadn't studied since I was a kid. I, you know, um, I had studied acting at HP Studios. Shout out to HP Studios. Bank Street, New York. I grew up in Greenwich Village. So I had left the arts. And anyways, long story short, when I got out of the military, I said, you know what, I'm going to use my GI Bill, go back to school. And, and I went to this uh, community college uh, called Cerritos College. Great schools, harbored some fantastic talent has come out of there. That's where UTM, you know, started from. That was the whole point of UTM was to, to build a bridge for underprivileged artists to kind of bridge them into Hollywood. And kind of because I felt sitting in those classes, what would drive me crazy was they would say, well, when you get out of school, you know, this is what you're going to have to do to get in the business. Like you're going to have to network. And I'm like, what the fuck does network? Like, what does that mean? Like you got to network. Like, I don't know what this. That can mean so many things. So long story short, I come out of Cerritos College. We start UTM and UTM has had some some, you know, success. I mean, I think it's a success story in the making. I believe we've done some great things. And uh so Cerritos College keeps me very um, uh, connected with, like, their young artists that are coming out and anyone. Like, our stage manager uh, for this production, uh, shout out to Jennifer Calderon. She's she's yes. fantastic. Um, she had applied for the job on, like, what, L.A. Cast? I don't know. What did we? Um, she saw it on uh, she, Facebook. She saw it on, on like, Facebook, Facebook or, back, or something. It was on Facebook. And like she had, yeah, and, like, we, she just got overlooked because everybody, then one of the professors had told me, like, hey, you know, Jennifer applied. Next thing you know, you know, I was like, oh, well, why didn't she mention me? Or, so I made a phone call. So she's on the job. So, so. The reason I'm saying that is, uh, so Cerritos, I keep like this tunnel with them, right? Like, hey, if you have talent that really has questions or, you know, it's, it's important to me to scout people from college areas. And, and that's like what happened with Georgia Ann. I seen her, me and Gisela went out to see a show at Anda and Georgia Ann just popped. 
to me, you know. She she's so talented. And uh, you know, so we were able to to um reach out to her and she came in and auditioned against everybody else. I think there's like I don't know, 100 plus actresses for that role and she she, you know, did the callbacks and now she's here and, and uh we're blessed for that. Um, long story short, what I'm saying is, so this girl, I need a reader for a reading. I'm doing a reading, a replica in Downey, California. It was like 20 minutes out of Hollywood here. That's where I live. And, uh, so I call Cerritos. I'm like, Hey, if you have any talent, I need this. I need a female this age just to do a table read. So they send me this girl and, uh, she shows up with her dad to my apartment. And we're all there, and I'm like, oh, come on in. I mean, that's fine, you know. I'm like, hey. Um, so I start thinking to myself, like, what is she, like, with her dad? <laughs> like, at a table read? So I'm like, oh, my goodness. Maybe I should tell him about this material. You know, there's dicks getting sucked, pipes being smoked, meth injected. I'm like, yeah. So I go, sir, you know what? Um, I ask her, sir, how old are you? She goes, oh, I'm 18. I go, sir, can I give you this script? Can you take a look at this script before your daughter does this table read? And, you know, maybe, uh, <laughs> he read, I think he read two pages and he looked at her and said, absolutely not. <laughs> And they got up, and he shook my hand, and he, you know, I mean, hey, I have a son, 17, so he said, thank you for being on. I said, absolutely. The look on this girl's face, and, and if she's listening to this by any chance, if she sees it on my Facebook, some, we're not making fun of you. I think it's, uh, I honestly, truly think it was beautiful that her family is supporting her that way, and uh, I am not making fun of you. I thought it was a... Uh, it was just, you know, an yeah. awkward moment for me. Um, yeah. And, yeah, but I, it really let me know, like, wow, this play is this graphic. Yeah. Two pages in, and he was like, get out. Yeah. <laughs> so, so um, yeah, if you guys like fucking fucked up shit, come see this play. Yeah. <laughs> um, that could have gone way worse, though. Like, could have. You know? okay. <laughs> right. He could have heard his daughter get to the point of, like, <laughs> Smoking a glass pipe yeah. and getting on her knees, and he would have really flipped out. I might have got my ass kicked, <laughs> and this this could have been bad. That's totally. like my mom at um remember the table read, and then we had to say like Sandy playing with her pussy under. Oh <laughs> my yeah, mom was like right there, just like a southern mom. Her, direction. Her mom, <laughs> yeah. her mom was visiting from Georgia. If you can't tell from her accent, she's from hey. Georgia, and her mom is awesome. And she, her mom, like, we got to go out to sushi one night and talk. And her mom's from, like, the country, you know, not the city, not Atlanta. She's from the country. And um, so I invited her to our first cast table read. Um, You know, her daughter's in it. I, and I was honored to have her mom there. And her mom was awesome. But when it got to the point of, like, yeah, there's a point where Sandy's, like, playing with her for JJ. I was, like, reading the stage directions I offered to. And, um... I was like, Sandy starts playing with her pussy. I'm so sorry, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Mom. Yeah. <laughs> Things you never want to hear your child say. Um, this is Aaron Lyons. He's playing Terry. He just entered the room. Hi. Hi. <laughs> and he's eating some watermelon. And That's a tomato. tomato. Is that a tomato? <laughs> Don't be racist. <laughs> Aaron is white. <laughs> 
Oh my goodness. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you can edit things out of this. Did you have a message or are you just joining in? What do you think yeah. of the play? Yeah. What are your characters? They're excellent to each other. That's my message. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Keanu. It just seemed like, like, seem like you had house managing duties with these guys. But oh, yeah. I work for the building. Yeah, totally. And I'm also in the play. Tell us about Terry, man. Well, Terry is a fabulous individual. Um, <laughs> very outspoken. Not afraid of confrontation. Even after he gets his ass handed to him. <laughs> Not in a good way. <laughs> uh, sounds like a good bit of conflict. It's a, it's a very raw, honest script, uh, which is what attracted me to it. There's a lot of a lot of theater. Th- theater is in danger of losing its edge in this country because it's only the safe shows that get funded. It's only the Let's do our town again. Oh my god, stop! Because those are the money makers for the theater companies and for the, you know, because that's what's gonna bring the people who actually come into the theater. And it's a show like this has this raw, gritty danger to it that is gonna speak to a demographic that wouldn't otherwise. Go see Our Town. And I don't know why Our Town's the show that's popping in. <laughs> I loved playing Emily in Our Town. I'm just going to go when ahead and say it. When did you do it? I did it at Sierra Madre, uh, Sierra Madre yeah. Playhouse. And that's yeah. what Sierra Madre does. That's Sierra exactly Madre what they does. Do. Absolutely. I directed Adventures of Tom Sawyer there. They do yeah. safe, family friendly things that bring the butts into seats. That's what they do. Yeah. Man, the whole this city is in danger. Yeah. This city's in danger of everyone doing that. Yeah. Because that's what's gonna, you know, that's those are the guaranteed money makers. Yeah, I feel like this needs to. Yeah, but I totally feel like though that applies to pretty much all art forms. It's like a bell mm-hmm. curve, yeah, kind of thing going on. Yeah. Um, and it's getting tighter and tighter and squeezing out those edges, like replica or handball, like these really great works that are daring and important. But yeah, they just get squeezed out because they are risky, so to speak. Well, you know what? We're here. We're not going nowhere. Get used to it. You know. <laughs> UTM, UTM is fucking crazy, right? So (laughs) if we could get funded and people want to pay us to do the shit we like to do, that, that's, that's insane. But if not, you know what? We're funded ourselves. We find a way. We're like those, uh, (laughs) rascals that just, you know, always find, find something to do. So, you know, UTM's here. We're going to continue to produce stuff, thought provoking shit. Stuff that um, stuff that, that that keeps you on the edge of your seat. I mean, frankly, I agree. Like, you know, I think everything needs to be done. There's a place for our town, and there's a place for, you know, um, replica. Yeah. You know, let's infuse that. You know, let's all see. I mean, it's all the same shit, right? We're talking about human needs and desires and love. Isn't that the principle of every fucking play? Love, right? I mean, that's that that's what this play is about. Yeah. You know, this play is going to jump you through all kinds of of hoops and boundaries and breaking points and, you know... Um, it's definitely not a safe show. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I think we took every risk that's possible, <laughs> yeah. if not 
yeah, borderline overdoing it. <laughs> um, we made new risks. We made new risks. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you know, the actors are doing a tremendous job. Yeah. Uh, most of the cast just showed up now because yeah. rehearsal starts. We're doing a run-through at 7.30, so. Okay, so we have some new people joining us, the rest of the cast, and we have... Uh, Megan Lewis. All right, and what part are you playing? Sandy. Sandy, okay. Kimberly Flores, Amanda. And then Adriana, I play Anna. Okay. Uh, Chris Denunzio Pino. And did Charlie just disappear? Charlie yeah. Did. <laughs> uh, he, he, yeah, I think he had something to eat. <laughs> <laughs> so. Well, priorities, you can, man. You can get Charlie on the previous right, episode. Right. He got some time in there. Yeah. Um, but as a way to kind of close this out before you guys perform a scene, I mean, you're talking about, you're touching on again the identity of UTM and how it's daring and bold and it's not going anywhere. And what I feel like was a missed opportunity last time, which I definitely want to cover this time, is your guys' favorite plays. And it's because it's each your individual influence that you're bringing in, and it creates this patchwork that I think will define UTM. So as, as I'm stalling for you guys to think about it, because I'm sure it's a tough question. Really tough. And I'm sure we're going to like hit a couple of the same ones. Don't worry about that. Um, but just, yeah, your favorite play. I, uh, I have a favorite playwright. Go which has been a great friend of our company, Mr. Gurgis. Um, Replica right now, it's my favorite play. Uh, I've never had somebody step up and say, <laughs> Daniel, I'm going to write this for you and you're going to do awesome in it and, you know, I'm, we're going to work on this. Uh, you know, and I, all the playwrights I admired, they tend to write for very specific actors. Mm-hmm. You know, so you'll see the same guys and girls starring in their plays, you know, in their grand opening, because this is a playwriting, these are the guys that I I roll with, you know, and uh, I thank Paul for uh, just coming up with this and sadly experiencing some of this in his life, you know, uh, but, you know, he chose us. We didn't have to audition, like you heard Georgianne had like, um. 15, 20, 100, you know, girls that audition for that. And it's it's awful that, you know, when you talk about networking, that's what you got to deal with, you know. Um, but, you know, we have our own company and our bunch of actors that are writing stuff for each other. And uh, that's how we're growing. And we are doing very daring work. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. scary. I gotta go home and kiss my girls at night. I'm like, oh my goodness. You know? I got kids. Man. I got kids, you know? It's funny um, though, right before this, I mean, Paul said who his favorite actor is. So, that's awkward. Anyway. Oh, well, what I meant was my. No, no, what I meant is. That's an answer to the flyers that I brought in tonight, everybody. It's because Mickey's the only one on the flyer. But, but, but let me clarify it's not that Spencer's my favorite actor. Mickey, because that's the pay phone that I used to actually make phone calls from that we took the picture of. So that was just my favorite shot. But Spencer's okay, too. (laughs) (laughs) Can't let the actors get too cocky. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I, I truly love all all these actors. Seriously. Um, Yeah. These three, I mean, everybody, but these three, Daniel, Gisela, and Spencer, have been rolling hard with Replica since day one. And, uh, they're, they're truly amazing. Yeah, they're sorry. amazing to watch. So. Real quick, because I'm cool. going to use the, the flyer that you're talking about as the cover photo, cool. if you could just, just like describe it a little bit in sure. your own words, because you, I mean, you just touched on your personal connection to it. So, 
so 20 years ago, I, I wasn't doing too good. And I was, um, I was just living in this motel, right? So we went and shot the, the front, the picture you see on the front where Mickey is, uh, on this payphone. This is a payphone I used to call my now son's mother. But before that, when we were just like dating, I would call her at all hours of the night and just other people I would have to call from that payphone. And um, I was standing in that exact spot. So I thought it was a great shot to capture of Mickey there. It's this uh, kind of cool shot. And then on the back, it's this very isolated, lonely shot of the actual room that I lived in. And uh, it was a crew of us that actually lived in. So, but shout out to everybody that's going to come see this play. <laughs> Don't think this play, though, for everybody. This play isn't my life. <laughs> like, seriously. Like, there's been a lot of confusion on that. Like, people are like, wow, like, is all this really happened? Like, no. <laughs> this is based, you know, when I was young, we were kind of like living in this motel. We would party. We would yeah. hang out. You know what I mean? Um, it's inspired. It's inspired. But, I mean, I definitely heightened everything. Um, <laughs> and the scene between <laughs> the scene between Mickey and Tanya definitely is not true. <laughs> so, so um, anyways, the back of the shot is cool. It's just this uh, cool I'll, graphic I'll of, of the motel room. Yeah, yeah get them together. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, but I'll let you go back to everybody. Yeah. This is about all them. I mean. No, yeah, that was a nice little side note, though. But yeah. uh, back to favorite plays. I mean, Aaron, do you have it? Um, I don't believe in the curse, so I'm going to say it. Um, no. <laughs> yes! Don't say it. Do it. For those of you who aren't familiar with theater, there is a play written by William Shakespeare that everyone refers Just to as say a it Scottish once. play. Just say it once. Um, everyone refers to it as a Scottish play, and uh, bad things happen when people say the name in a theater when they're not working on that show. M A C B E T H. I respect other people's respect for the curse. <laughs> I really have no. Um, that is my favorite play uh, because I've never seen it done well. <laughs> I've never seen it that every single element I was just like, yes, yes, it is one of the most in-depth, complicated character studies I've ever, and those are the stories I like. I like watching someone fall. My favorite play is, um, it's cliche, but it's The Tempest. Um, I think that's because I'm partial to Caliban. And I was just thinking about, and um, just like Caliban and Sandy, they're both characters that, um, you know, have been through trauma and just want love. And so I think I'm attracted to those types of characters. All right. Um, like my friends before me, I really love Shakespeare, but I'm I'm gonna go with complete female stage beauty because it's a really great marriage of classical, well, of, of classical theater essentially in a modern play, and a really great exploration of people who people think they are, who they pretend to be, and it's a great time of, of change for both theater historically and these very specific people living in that world, and a good exploration of acting. Well, um, my favorite play would be Antoine Carroll by Lynn Nottage, um, because it, it touches on so many different issues, love, uh, self-acceptance, rejection, um, 
crosses, uh, it's a little risque for its time when crossing like gender barriers and uh, racial, you know, interracial attraction and things like that. Um, so that would be my favorite. Um, wow, this is tough for me. Um, it's, I think, I'm going to say Titus Andronicus. Oh, oh yeah. Yes. Oh, man. <laughs> I was like, I was thinking, gonna, I think I'm crazy. It's gonna be no, okay, no. Yeah, you know, I saw it at the RSC in the UK, and it changed my everything. And it's the, it's just so bold and so daring, and I just, I, I want, love the opportunity to go that far, but honestly, I feel like Replica is pushing me to that point, too. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it, it, it makes you, you yeah. know, have to reach your own personal limits. Uh, I, I will story. interject just because, uh, personal story, um, in UCSB, we have a semester, a quarter on uh, madness, where we explore madness in Shakespeare, and I used a monologue from Titus Andronicus. It's the only time that I've ever felt disconnected from my own body. It was such a strange experience doing the uh, uh, the monologue uh, where he's got the two guys strung up, you know, he's got them, I forgot their names, um, but it, there's something about that play yeah. that really, the way it's written, super dark and deep, and I lost myself in it, so I, I hear you on that one. Yeah. <laughs> well. Yeah, um, my favorite play is uh, Jesus Hops a Train by Stephen Adley Gervais. Uh, that's the play that that convinced me um, that I had a place in theater, so that's that's by far my favorite piece. Wow. I would say Grease is definitely my favorite play. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody got so Get the fuck out of this theater! Understand. <laughs> I didn't say musical. <laughs> you know, I, I think that's an impossible question for me. Yeah. Because I just, I can't pick, I mean... I mean, Chekhov, Antigone, and then there's Gyrgyz, and Shanley, and mm-hmm. Nottage. I can't. It's just, I can't. I'm sorry. No. <laughs> I like the narrow bed. That's a great play. Beautiful <laughs> character studies there. I really like The Pillow Man by mm-hmm. Martin McDonough, because it is horribly dark and hilarious and important. Kind of like replica, I think. <laughs> Could replica be the next film? I don't know. I'm not saying that it is, but yes. <laughs> Stop so, it, you guys. I'm actually really glad that you said Titus Andronicus because that's absolutely one of my absolute favorites. And then it's tied with Waiting for Godot by Samuel Beckett. I'm a huge fan of Beckett. I'm a huge fan of Joe Wharton. But when it comes to uh, the female power that's in uh, Titus Andronicus, like to go from Lavinia to Tamara, like, I would love to have the opportunity to play either of them. So, um, but yes, I absolutely love Waiting for Godot as well. So, those are mine. <laughs> I think uh, my favorite play is probably going to be Children of a Lesser God by Mark Medoff. Just because uh, my mom's deaf and growing up in the deaf community, you really get to see how it is like being in the hearing world. And I think that that's the reason why that would be my best, my favorite. Very done. Mic drop. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what to say about it, but other than that Stephen Burkoff is supposedly doing it at the Odyssey later this year, I've been pounding him for months to let me at least read for games. So, if you're listening, 
jerk off and work off. <laughs> come in. Uh, no, I think uh, it's. Uh, <laughs> cool. I love how Chris just fucking pitched a job. <laughs> See, that's how you got to get it done in Hollywood, man. If you're fucking listening, call me in. <laughs> you know, and I, you know, since I kind of, you know, another dude I really admire, uh, Jose Rivera, Cloud Tectonics. Yeah. I love his surreal, just pretty bananas, you know. Nice. Well, uh, thank you guys for that. I hope uh, my listeners now have some new plays to check out. I oh. certainly do. That was for my own personal gain. I just want to thank you guys. But yeah, no, thank you guys for taking the time to talk about Replica and everything. And uh, Big group here, but uh, I think we, uh, we pulled it off. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thank you so thank much. You so much. Yeah. Uh, and now, let's do, let's do a scene. Who is it? It's your mother, Mickey. Open the door. Oh, fuck if it isn't my favorite fucking tweaker right here, man. Don't blow me. Oh, fuck. Who the fuck is this? It's Tanya. Oh, you're just going to stand there and look pretty? Come in. So what's going on, bro? What's up? Can I just be coming by to say hi? Is that a serious fucking question, man? Shit, I'm sorry. I'm being fucking rude. Tanya, this is Mickey. <laughs> Mickey, this is Tanya. We met this morning at Pink. She's new to L.A. And she's here to make it as an actress. She's from... um. Alabama. Mississippi. Whatever, baby. Same <laughs> shit, man. I'm telling her today's her lucky day. Because mm-hmm. not only am I friends with one of the best talent agents in Hollywood, <laughs> but my good friend Mickey here, he knows Keanu Reeves. I mean, I was thinking maybe you can put in a good word or something. Well, are you really good friends with Mr. Reeves? Um, yeah, of course he is. <laughs> I used to do a little bit of extra work. Come on, Mickey, come on. Pack a bowl, nigga. Hey. What did I tell you about using that word, man? What, what, what word? Fuck you! You know what word! <laughs> laugh, man. Yo, everyone says nigga now. Mm-hmm. It's okay. Like what white people mm-hmm. say? No. Latin people mm-hmm. say? Mm-hmm. Even chinks be saying they that do. shit. Alright, well, I, I don't give a shit. I'm no nigga. Oh! Hey. Wait, what? Hey. What the fuck did... Chill, but I did not say nigga. That shit's offensive, mm-hmm. man. I said nigga. N-I-G-G-A, nigga. Oh Big difference. God. He's right, you know. The word nigga is cool to say. Like if I say, what's up, my nigga? What's up? Oh, you my nigga. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, that nigga crazy. That nigga is crazy, <laughs> yo. All right, all right, all right, all right. How about both y'all niggas? Just shut the fuck up and watch me hit this. Oh, damn, that shit looks delicious. Yeah, man, let me show you how to hit that. You smoke or what? <laughs> does Monica Lewinsky suck dick? <laughs> you bet your ass she does. She's not according to Bill. She's like, I did not have sexual relationships with that woman. <laughs> <laughs> damn, yo, iron lungs over here. Oh, good girl. Oh, I think I just came in my pants. Oh, interesting thought. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. Oh, damn, I ain't never felt like this before. Oh, I mean, I feel like my life is exactly where it's supposed to be with the both of you. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, I smoked before, but this shit right here, I ain't never had no shit like this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 I, I feel like I could take on the whole world. I'm on some, I'm on some Mortal Kombat type. <laughs> <laughs> Finish him. <laughs> All right, thank you all for listening to this episode that uh, it's, you know, some could say is dedicated to the love of theater. As we mentioned kind of in the episode, great works are being squeezed out by other works that some would call safer or money makers, if you will. And so uh, supporting groups like UTM that put out plays that are daring and important, I mean, it's, it's 
it's a necessary thing uh, for us. And I mean, yeah, they said they're not going anywhere, but it sure helps to uh, to throw a little support their way. So I hope you all go out and see it and uh, enjoy Replica. And uh, yeah, with that, I guess uh, take it away for the sign-off, guys. Sign Impact Radio! <laughs>